Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Let me tell you what we're going to do so you'll understand that. Even though Satan and our society doubt God and and his biblical authority, you will continue to hear that we uphold the biblical definition of marriage by teaching all the Word of God. We will never say anything different than God designed since the beginning of time. Period. Now, we don't know what the ramifications of that are. It doesn't matter to us. It's very popular for couples to live together outside of marriage these days. Even in the church, this is happening. Pastor Mark will be teaching on this and why those that say they follow Christ have chosen to disobey him. We will be reminded of God's original intent for men and women, as well as for marriage. This will help us understand why there is such dysfunction in couples' relationships these days. Pastor Mark will also encourage us to look to Jesus for direction in our lives and, more importantly, to do what Jesus says, no matter the personal cost to our lives. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark as he finishes his message, A Checkup of Our Life in Marriage. In the United Church of Christ, not all Church Christ churches, by any means, the liberal branch, this week in becoming the third mainline denomination to embrace gay marriage rights. Now, to do that, what did they have to do? Watch this. They have officially removed the language that defined marriage as between a man and a woman in our churches. So what does that do to the world outside? Oh, that's the church I want to go to. And what will they hear there? Very little truth. Do you understand where we're going? See, this shouldn't surprise you. Christianity is not in the norm here anymore in our world. Europe for a long time. Europe, England, if you go, there's lots of revivals happening. By the way, almost all young people. I'm going to be going in the fall to Belgium. Revivals happening like crazy over there with the young people. The older people never serve God. They just never serve God. So let me tell you what Europe's like today and England's like today. About 2 to 3% on the average go to church at all, period. 97% never step into a church. Remember the thing I was trying to tell you a few weeks ago? It just came back to me now. The head of the Muslim denomination, whatever you want to call them, religion, in France, went to the French president and said, most of the Catholic churches are totally empty. I want your permission so we can turn all of them into mosques. 
Our world is so messed up. Why? Because God is no longer the authority. And his word means nothing to these people. Well, that shouldn't surprise us. Here's what happens. For thousands of years, the church never changed. By how the Bible defined it was marriage. Here it is. One man, one woman. When it came to time for Jesus, some of the Jewish people in the New Testament with Jesus here, they said, well, what does Jesus really think? Let me show you what Jesus really thinks. He was talking to the Jewish people. They were talking about divorce. But watch what he does. Matthew 19, 4 and 6. Look at the first words. Haven't you read? See, outside these walls, people don't know what the Bible teaches. You'll understand why I just said that to you. They have no idea what the Bible teaches because they don't read it. But he says to the Jewish people, haven't you read? How? And what's he say? Haven't you read that at the beginning, the creator, was Jesus there at creation? Yes. Haven't you read at the beginning that the creator made them male and Male and female. That was the design. For this reason, a man, this should sound familiar to you. We just read it. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife. The two will be one flesh, so they will no longer be two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. Can I just say to you, what God has ordained, let man not play around with. That's what he means. So what Jesus did, he confirmed God's design and directions for marriage and sexuality. See, marriage and sexuality are joined together. They do not exist outside of marriage. So by affirming God's creational plan, Jesus says to the world, that's the way it is. Here's our problem. Because of the confusion, the People that don't really know the word of God, but kind of want to confuse you. Satan's a great deceiver. They take many parts of the scripture. And Paul will say, for instance, in Romans, a woman shouldn't lay with another woman. It's unnatural. And they'll play with that words and talk, well, you're talking about abusive men and abusive. They do all that kind of stuff. So a few months ago, one of my friends, actually my accountability partner, Pastor Carl, from Sarasota Calvary Chapel, he recommended a book for me. Here's the title. Write it down, and here's what I want you to do. And let me tell you a little bit about it. The title of the book is, What Does the Bible Really Teach About Homosexuality? It isn't a hate book. We don't hate homosexuals any more than we hate people that sin like you and me. But it debunks the lies that that community is giving. Do you think our children today are facing confusion with this? Everywhere. We have children now even saying all kinds of things. I think I was born to be a girl instead of a guy. Young kids. Where are they getting this from? Everything they see. Everything. So parents, Lord, help us. You need to know what the Bible says. This is foundational. But you say, Pastor Mark, is that really necessary? Absolutely. It's your children, and you need to know. What did Jesus just say to us? Haven't you read? So it's powerful. It's fantastic. So thank you for doing just exactly that. So how do we respond to what we just saw? These churches, the Supreme Court, well, we don't respond in fear. We don't react in hate. Let me tell you what we're going to do so you'll understand that. Even though Satan and our society doubt God and, and his biblical authority, you will continue to hear 
that we uphold the biblical definition of marriage by teaching all the word of God. We will never say anything different than God designed since the beginning of time, period. Now, we don't know what the ramifications of that are. It doesn't matter to us. Second, we will continue to be salt and light and stay on mission. Our mission isn't to focus on homosexuals. Our mission is to focus on people far from God. That includes lots of sins, lots of stuff. Number three, we will continue to focus on grace and truth as Jesus taught. That's an odd mixture. But one day Jesus caught a woman caught in adultery. What did he say to her at the end? I don't condemn you, but go and change your lifestyle. Any sinner, we don't care who, any sinner is welcome because that's who Jesus is. You got it? So we will speak the truth in what? Love. Don't hate. We just were told, love your enemies perfect passage that we're in. Those that despitefully use us. Now, will people not believe us? Of course not, because they're confused. But many people will change, and they'll finally come to this amazing thing. So we will teach biblical marriage. Last, listen to this. We will teach the truth about biblical marriage in that it eliminates confusion and also brings healing to our sexually broken culture. We have the answer. His name is Jesus Christ. To be honest, these attacks should cause all of us to examine our own lives. The world needs to see healthy, biblical, successful marriages. Do you realize that? That's what they need to see. How is the church done with that? Not so good. So next week, I'm going to finish with a few things on marriage quickly this morning. But next week, I'm going to teach on marriage just for one week. We stop the book of Luke. I'm going to teach on marriage. And uh, I've titled it this, How to Have a Perfect Marriage. (laughs) But I need your help because I can't find any pastor, including me, that could teach it. (laughs) Could I hear an amen? Exactly. So, of course, we're not going to teach that. What I'm going to teach you, and I don't have it all down yet. I got up at five this morning, God. I'm just writing stuff like crazy from God. I'm going to give you uh, either six or seven ways to have a strong, healthy marriage. Now, right from the Word of God. And this is going to be for divorced people. This is going to be for single people. You're thinking of getting married, and you really need to think hardly about getting married. And this is going to be uh, older people, younger people. It doesn't really matter where you come. Single parents. And we're going to have a great time. I might even have a bed up here on the platform. We're going to have a great time as we go through it. Don't be surprised what you'll see. Now, I want you to look at my face because I want to share something with you. To be honest, the biggest problem in the church is not same-sex marriage. The biggest problem in the church in our world is a man and a woman who simply live together and don't get married. You see, most Christ followers understand that homosexuality is a sin. If you've been a Christian at all, you understand that. But they don't understand the sexual practices. They've never connected our sexual desire, which was given by God, with marriage. They've never connected it. So can I just say this? God created marriage and sex for our enjoyment. Sex was created for one man and one woman within the covenant of marriage. That's the way it's been from the beginning. That's the way it will always be, 
Everything else is a sin. Now, let me show you, and I just kind of said that to you. You don't need to write this, but I want you to see it in a loving way. Here's what God says in the Bible. Sex should be enjoyed by a man, a woman, a husband and a wife who are married. Anything sexually outside of marriage is defined as a sin. Now, sometimes when you see the word joyful, enjoy sex, you say, that's not right. See, sex wasn't designed by Las Vegas. Sex was designed by God. Now, what is sin then outside of marriage? I don't have pornography up there, but let me just give you the list. Adultery. Fornication simply means what I just talked to you about. Couples. Same-sex couples, no, that's different. That's homosexuality. This is a man and a woman. Uh, they're just having sex outside of the marriage. There's no commitment, there's no, and they just do that. That's normal kind of thing in our world today. Uh, one night stands, all the rest of the stuff, too, just living together, all of that. Incest is a sin. By the way, bestiality is a sin. And all are defined in the Bible as sexual sins. Why would God list that? This is in the book of Leviticus. Why would God list, and may I be as bold as to say, a woman approaching an animal? A child of five with a man? Why would God write that? Because the people were practicing it in the Bible times. You say, well, that's impossible. Everything you see on that screen, you can find on the internet like crazy. How did that happen? What did we learn last week? The heart of man is deceitfully what? Wicked. So once we've opened the door, who knows where the rest goes? But it's wrong. So if you're in one of those relationships today, you just need to ask God to forgive you. Separate yourself. Get yourself back to doing what God says. And as we do that, good stuff will happen. Well, Pastor Mark, what does a marriage look like then that's supposed to be designed by God? Here's what a marriage looks like. Very simple. Notice who's at the top. By the way, I want you to tweet this. I want you to hashtag it. I want you to put it on Facebook like crazy. Just put this. Pastor Mark says, marriage is a threesome. (laughs) I'm going to get lots of emails, baby. Maybe some hate mail. I don't know what I'll get. Is marriage a threesome? Exactly. Then put this up on there. Put it up. Take a picture of it this morning and put it up on your face. But you can do it now. I give you grace. It's good. Now, what is that? When God's at the head of our marriage, what is he? Listen, he's our rock. He holds it together. He's the glue. Now, I know some of you became a Christian after you married. So what you have a spouse that's not a believer. That's okay. You, 1 Corinthians 7 says, just stay with it. And eventually, prayerfully, your spouse will come to the Lord. So when you see what you see up there, this is basically the way God designed it. This is the way he's the rock, he's the foundation. As a husband gets closer in his walk with God and a wife gets closer in her walk with God, the difference between a husband and a wife, it narrows. He gets closer. That's the way God designed it. And I'll have a lot more for you. Now, Psalm 127, let me show you this next verse. It's a powerful verse. Very simply, it says this. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. You you see, you and I, 
uh, two unbelievers that are married, they can have a pretty good marriage. They can be committed. They can last forever. But you will never, ever succeed in reaching the potential that God has for us. You see, we can't leave God the designer out of our marriages and expect him to be healthy and prosperous. And we have, I'll save that for next week. You'll see next weekend that God will not only, he didn't only design marriage, but he directs it. He's the head. And he empowers us to do what we're supposed to do in this amazing thing. When God directed Adam and Eve, it wasn't just for Adam and Eve. Do you think that when God created Adam and Eve, he went, wow, now I have two people to talk to for eternity. This is fantastic. No. Look what God commanded. Watch this. Genesis 1.28. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. How do you do that? How are you fruitful and increase in number? Can anybody tell me? What's the three-letter word that that's talking about? All right, let's all together in the church just shout it out on the count of three. One, two, three. Sex. You thought you'd probably never do that in church. What is he saying? God commands the husband and wife to enjoy intercourse for lots of reasons, not just children. But that was one of the amazing benefits. Now, notice this command. And I'm going to say this kindly to you. Any other kind of marriage, specifically homosexuality, cannot obey this command. No two women, no two men can have children naturally as God designed. You're not made for it. The parts don't fit. They don't work. All the rest of the stuff. I'm not making fun. I'm trying to say to you, the first command that God gave, you cannot fulfill in a homosexual marriage. That's huge. Now, why did God want children in a marriage? Some of you know that from young. You love it. When they get teenagers, you ask yourself the same question. <laughs> Let me show with you kind of how that looks. I want you to write this down. Here's the answer to the question I just gave you. I can laugh because our kids are going, praise God. Okay. (laughs) What was God trying to do? God established marriage as the foundation of the family and society. Do you understand God's amazing wisdom? I want you to look at me. When God told Adam and Eve, to enjoy sexuality, have children my way. He wanted those children, first kids in the world. What was, what was in their world at that time? There was one family and God. There was no school. There was no government. Thank you, Jesus. There was nothing. There was no church. No church, no school, no government. Well, who was supposed to raise the kids? Hello? Mother and father. To do what? To know God, to love God, to serve God, to obey God, to enjoy God by watching mom and dad do the same thing. 
Did you get it? Did, did you get it? So how are we doing? Not very good. See, all this causes us to look inward, doesn't it? Some of us from the outside of your house, your marriage looks fantastic. But inside, there's death the minute you walk in the door. Some of us, husbands, you never take the lead in the home. Yeah, my wife brings the Bible. That's cool. I don't need to read the Bible. Really? I'm sorry. I'm getting right down to where it is. Because we are raising kids from our own sexuality that will live somewhere forever. We can't cause them to come to Christ, but we sure can lead the way. And that's what God wanted. And that's why all of this stuff that you're seeing is not political. It's spiritual warfare, Satan trying to destroy the normal home. It has nothing to do with politics. He's always been against the home because the home is the foundation of our society. As the home goes, and we've seen that over and over again. You look at all these places through history that have gone away from the home being the foundation, they've all destroyed. All societies are destroyed. But we can be salt and we can be light. Now, I know some of you, as we talk about this, you kind of get discouraged and say, mm, can we really do this? Well, let me show you a verse. I think this is huge and it's going to help us. You see, you're not doing this alone. When God's in your life, he's my foundation. When he's in my marriage, he's my foundation. So God promises this. For God is working in you. He lives in you, giving you the desire to obey and the power to obey, to do what pleases him. Do marriage God's way. Do life God's way. Why? Because God wants the best for who? You and for me. So I want you to write this last statement down. Be wise. Be blessed. Simply obey God. Our authority. When you do that. By the way, there's nobody perfect here. God never demanded us to be perfect. He knew we wouldn't be. But we should be progressing. We should be progressing to be more like him. And you guys are doing that. So we can do it. We can do it. Let's tell the world we have an authority. His name is God. And he, our Heavenly Father, wants the best for us. That's fantastic. Again, no hate. No putting people down. We're here so that lost people can find Jesus Christ. We've been reading what the Bible says about men, women, marriage, and sex. Pastor Mark has been teaching the importance of being in proper relationships with one another and what happens when we choose to do our own thing rather than obey God's commands. May God give us the courage to obey Him, to be a light to the lost world around us. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. 
Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. We'll be continuing with the theme of God's plan for marriage next time. Pastor Mark will be telling us again of the disaster man has made of male-female relationships as a result of not following God's directions. In all of these proclamations of woe, however, Pastor Mark will be reiterating the hope that God brought to us through the saving work of Jesus and the restoration that's available to us through Christ. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series, Everyday Life of Jesus. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.